0: The record button has been pressed, which means it's time to... Because it
1: really seems to be going somewhere. Joel's finding the flow.
0: Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel.
1: Don't count your fans before they hit. <laughs> but We hit a
2: flow in the conversation. Um, I
1: think I'm... Open my mind with
0: i think i'm gonna hit finding the flow with Joel franklin today's guest is scott marshall we freeball it and talk about some great things it's a great conversation Well, that was me playing some flute. Uh, I'm going to call this, from now on, a flow moment. I'm usually going to start it off with a flow moment. Um, Flow moment being something that is mainly improvisatory, something that happens on the spot. I'm going to push myself to do more of these so that I can get better at it. And um, Nothing gets you better at it than thinking that you have an audience, and this is kind of like having an audience. So, that's... That's what I'm going to call it. Flow moments. Never a dull moment on this podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, speaking of that, um, 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 man, uh, I listen back to myself and I hear all the times that I go, uh, or, or it's kind of like I'm trying to keep things moving and I put a lot of fillers in there and I just said, it is so hard not to do that. Kind of like what Chris was saying about Scott, like he would take pauses sometimes, um, mental pauses, and pauses are so much better than just going, uh, um, and, uh, by the way, blah, 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 we all got our way, our things that we do. Um, Chris even, he he was getting on himself about doing a lip smack thing. I thought that was funny. Uh, I really tell you the truth, I don't hear your guys' things, which... You know, probably could give you guys a little comfort because I probably your guys aren't hearing my things as much as I'm hearing them, uh, which probably is the same case with all you guys. Um, so, so I guess that could be a little comfort. But I, I like this. This is this is a good way for us to to get better, get better at public speaking, get better at sounding like all those people that we listen to, which we think that we can do too which uh, just, just like that stand-up comedy thing I was talking to Dan about, yeah, uh, you, you, you look at them do it, and it just feels like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, they're just getting into the flow. They're, it's coming naturally, but really, they work their butts off. They've been doing it for years. They're used to doing talking and sounding coherent and keeping people's attention without having to use filler words. I listen to the best of them, and you never hear filler words. They know exactly what they're going to say, they keep it up and it's 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 an art. And we're all striving to get that good. Um so now I'm gonna do some replies. So Scott, uh getting sick from students. Same same with uh uh Mike Winkler. It was it was great also to hear hear Mike Winkler's podcast. Uh Mike and I were old roommates, we're gonna do an interview soon, I'm sure. I guess I gotta set that up with him, um, which will be fun getting getting back to uh, in touch with him. Um, but yeah, getting sick from students. Oh, I, uh, told you, uh, actually this interview today, we're going to talk about uh, this time where I, um, I had dealt, or I did the sub job where I had to go to the pool, um, uh, sub- substitute teach, or I um, mean, I had to kind of supervise at a pool. Uh, with a bunch of kids, and it is something how that, that pool gets this slime all over the edge of it and, and people's feet and everything, and I hear that that's, that's just like a cesspool for disease. And yeah, I was getting sick every week, like uh, some sort of sore throat, cold, whatever, all the time. But um, I don't know, maybe maybe at this point I've gotten over it. Maybe I've become immune, but uh, like, like uh, Scott was saying, like he used to get it. Maybe he's he's gotten over it by this point. But I, I, I hear you, man, Mike, um, getting ringworm and stuff. I've gotten ringworm. I, I got ringworms from, from the cab, cows. I mean, the cows get shit like this all the time. They get pink eye, ringworm, uh, all sorts of infections. And we are just as susceptible to them, too, so you really got to watch out. Um, but also, I also kind of in, in the camp of getting a good dose of that stuff is good for your body and it's good for you to 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 work on fighting those things um i'm not all about being completely sterile i i think that we should we should be exposed to to plenty of uh challenges but um you know as much as we can handle I and mean, we don't want to make our lives miserable for it. anyways injuries yes oh what how i i actually don't know how old you are scott but uh there seems to be some sort of uh, turning point and I think we're all sort of getting there the 30s the early 30s where you uh, get injuries and they don't heal. I got a foot I think it got stepped on by a cow or something and it uh, if I move it a certain way it hurts every time and uh, it never gets any better and it just kind of makes me a little depressed uh, I, uh, I don't not I do not like that. Um i got I got some you know various things, but especially this one foot, and it sounds like Scott has something like that too Dan all right, hay mound, <laughs> he looks like a boy that's never been in a hay mound oh man that that really speaks to me because I've actually spent plenty of time in a hay mound <laughs> in my day. Oh, man, and yes, uh, Dan, it is true. When I see you, I do not see a guy that's been in a hay mound. I mean, basically, all he's saying is it's one of the hardest farmer jobs. You're, you're up in a hay mound. It's stuffy in there. You can barely breathe, and it's just tons of work because they, they bring hay bales up there, and you got to stack them during the summer. So it's hot. It's even hotter inside the hay mound. You're stacking them. You're sweating, and it's itchy, and it's it's stuffy. It, it, it's, Yeah it's basically uh an experience that you know you've been through it you feel like okay um that's something i've been through that uh you know makes makes you more of a man i guess going down that man avenue and uh so yeah <laughs> That boy don't look like he's been in a haymound. I love I love how that's like his kind of test of character, um. I, and I I you know like like Dan was saying, it is kind of unfair because you know it's like saying well it looks like he doesn't know how to use an iPod or whatever. But um, I don't I don't know. It's uh, it's it, it's hard to say what is our equivalent. Maybe there is no equivalent. Maybe maybe um maybe our modern man nowadays uh, has no business being up in a haymound, or at least most people nowadays i still have but uh maybe it's people that aren't farmers or whatever it's it's uh it's funny how it, they've kind of made it like this two different lifestyles um and yet farming is is still super important but yet uh, you know lots of people have no idea what it's like onward drug culture drugs i Agree with Dan about the drug culture. I I agree. Drug culture for cul- drug's sake. I uh, how do you explain this? Drugs that are. I mean, the culture around drugs is kind of annoying. Like it's 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 almost like uh, a, it's like anything that you kind of make like a mass thing out of, like or, or or like the masses, like a large group of people to to follow or whatever. It usually gets dumbed down. It gets turned into something. Sub- something that, um, you know, it's not really, uh, unique or individualistic. And so, so basically, you know, I'm more of a individual type of believer, like my, my brain doesn't feel to be working, but I, I maybe I'm being coherent and maybe that's just me being paranoid, but, um, yeah. So, so it's like, Focusing on people's unique qualities instead of focusing on the drug culture, they people might use drugs, but they also might be a real uh, down to earth, go get sort of guy. And whereas some people might use drugs, and they might be just a hippy dippy person that talks about uh, um, all that, uh, you know, just <laughs> just spends all day being stupid, like kind of kind of how how Dan is like, I guess pot, the pothead kind of culture. I, I don't I don't know if I have the same connotation with pothead um pothead to me just makes me think of someone that smokes pot every day. It doesn't necessarily make me think that they're they're dumb and that's all they think about, but uh it kind of makes me think that um you know, but I know there are people like that, but that's not necessarily my description of pothead. Um so either way, I agree. Drug culture can be dumb. But on the other hand, uh drugs like I said, double-edged sword Good side, bad side. All right. Anyways, uh, Ben and Jerry's and um, so Ben and Jerry's. It is true. I, you know, it's so hard. I mean, especially companies, old companies that uh, have have been have you know had a long existence in the past. And so you've gotten to know them before they've made any difference in the background, and and so they'll they'll make these they'll make these changes in who runs things so kind of subtly, you know. And and if you if you aren't keeping attention to anything, you you know that'll that'll just get right by you. And before you know it, Ben and Jerry's, which used to be, you know, some you what you thought was Ben and Jerry's is now just some some conglomerate of a bunch of a bunch of food companies, and uh, and so they just have their little. Wing of the food companies that's feeding a certain demographic, a certain uh, a certain audience, a certain audience that can afford Ben and Jerry's ice cream, um, and yeah, uh, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's the the way things work nowadays. Everything gets bought out. Everything's kind of connected. Like uh, I remember um, one time my friend had a care package. Uh, because they got a lever 2000 bar of soap, and this is this is when I was really young. They, they had a lever 2000 bar of soap, and it had a hair in it when they opened it, uh, so that grossed them out. And probably lever 2000 or whoever ran that company uh, didn't want a lawsuit, so they sent this huge care basket package to them uh, in hopes that they would enjoy it, and and they they did, and uh, it was full of all these these, um, things that I had no idea were connected. I can't remember everything, but it was like Tide, detergent, surf detergent uh all these different types of uh fabric softeners soaps shampoos and everything and every single one of them was connected to the same company and now now it gets worse and worse like Nabisco is owned by Kraft and uh and, you know think things that you think are com- competing are really just uh you know serving two different uh sides of the same person getting the same money whatever so yeah and um so i'm going to just put this out here that uh there's even an element of apple computers that is kind of uh like that you know they like for instance i've gotten two two ipods from from them the first one i got was that little shuffle and uh i had it for maybe 3 months and then i dropped it once and it was broken um and that was kind of annoying and then also I noticed that on the little clip it says made you know uh, uh, Apple Incorporated in Calif or United States made in the USA or whatever and then then you flip over the clip on it and then you look underneath and there's some more more stuff there and it says um uh, it says manufactured in China you know they're, they're they don't want you to know that really but I mean I guess everybody knows it at this point but you know there's there's just this there's no it seems to be with international business and whatnot there's no way around it and uh you know apple apple's sleek and everything but there's also so much hype behind it and and they do great jobs but they're not worth double the price of everything else which is generally what they are uh and so also with those neat little care the way that they you know the opening of the packages apple's pretty good at that they're they're good at like giving you a package and then when you open it it's kind of like an experience uh but part of that whole experience they should write down something like put some protection on this thing or else it's going to break it's going to break um if it's going to break if you put the if you sit on it, it's going to break. If you drop it once, it's going to, it's going to break pretty easily. They're pretty fragile little things. I mean, they're, they're really nice with that, that polished steel and everything, but, uh, or I don't know, I think it's polished steel. I don't know, but, but I mean, uh, I don't know. I just, there's, there's a part of me about Apple that, I mean, I've never been in it and, and it's hard for me to get into it. Uh, I was even a little bit of a, uh, anti iTunes person, but I do, I do like iTunes. I, I just, it's, it's always how I am. Whenever I see something getting popular, I, I start to, to, you know, go, go the underdog way. Um, let's see. I, yeah, I've broken two podcasts at this point or not podcasts, but iPods and, uh, and so then I moved on to Sony, and uh, I've had my Sony Walkman, you know, the new kind of like MP3 player Walkman, and I've had it for four years now, and it has never once given me a problem. I can go into folders, I can do all the sort of things that I'd like. Uh, I don't know, the, 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 also the way that, that Apple organizes its software is kind of foreign to me. It's all, it all just just bugs me. And so I, maybe, maybe I'm kind of doing, like, a, a stirring the shit thing right now because I, I know everyone else else here uh, does the Apple computers. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully I don't get too much of a shit to storm back for this. Okay, onwards. Uh, Chris, I I uh, had caught, caught in one of my notes that I forgot to to, to do was uh, that he-she that you had in your first podcast, um... Let, let's see if i can try to recreate that sound that you were you're were, she was making a funny sound this he she person that was in a waiting room with you and I, I like i mean maybe you could describe just a little bit more about uh how this person was making that sound was it making it with like their mouth or something i mean it almost sounded like like some weird like like um uh eastern monk sort of sound you know like the that that uh three pitch chanting they do. But um it's kind of like doom doom. And that doom. Well I mean what the fuck was that? I don't know. Uh, maybe you can try to to go into more detail on that. Okay. Now this is I ho- <laughs> this hopefully is fun. It's making me laugh just thinking about it. Um, Chris started talking about being an introvert and uh, I think I'm a little bit of an introvert too I, I understand that at least that I, I you know I get energy from being alone and Chris and I had a very interesting car ride once um, I ho- hopefully he's okay with me t- talking about this but um, one time uh actually Dan and Scott were all involved with in this Mel- Melody's wedding. We all we all made it to Melody's wedding and uh on the way up uh our Chris and I shared a cabin and we and we uh spent the whole whole you know couple days together. I think it was two nights we spent uh in in uh, in the apartment and then we left the next day. Uh and so <clears throat> So it was it was a very intimate moment with Chris and I um, I think you know with also with intimate moments especially with friends that you know f- have known for a while you know things can get a little dicey so so um, we were great all the way up until the ride back and it's a pretty decent ride back it was probably um, uh, r- ranging on the five to six hour um, range and so on the way back. I was just looking for something to do. I also um, I think I've heard this many a time that it's kind of a douchey move. I, I always hate saying douche because it's such a it's almost douchey to say douche. but either way it's I guess it's a douchey move to, to play an instrument or to do anything kind of like that in the car. So So either way, I grab grab a ukulele <laughs> and uh, I start playing it thinking that chris would enjoy this because we have worked on music in the past and i thought maybe we could work on a song together or something so i start singing one of the songs that i wrote on on this and then chris chris you should see the rage that was in his face he started shaking his head he started looking at me like like he he was like in the rage of like um like about to cry rage like like uh, uh and then i was like um you know uh i i I was kind of put it back i'm like you know you could just ask me to stop playing i mean i didn't i didn't know that i was i was being this you know that it was me playing an instrument was going to be this hard on you you know whatever but either way i mean it's it's classic obviously um so so you know we were just in a different place at that time so then i i stopped playing and then and then uh and then and then I say, then we get into an argument. I kind of, kind of, you know, it go, it gets pretty hard, you know. Like, like I say, you know, like I thought we had a lot of fun with music, you know. I basically was saying, basically, just trying to say I, I thought that we'd have fun with this or something like that. And then, and then, and then, Chris was kind of like just trying to, you know, get his his words together. And and uh, and and it got to we said some hard, you know, mean things to each other. And then. I think I said something that was kind of it was kind of uh, I don't I don't know if it, it well let me just say it. so I said you know what Chris I feel like what you really need is you you your batteries are are spent and you need loan time right now. You need to just get in your in your in your comfort zone, in your room, and you need, just need to to uh, be alone for a while, you know. And then and then Chris, at, you know, maybe after a couple minutes of just like quiet, and we we're both like angry, uh, he he um he he kind of like thought for a second, and he's like, you know what? I think you're right. I think that's what I need. I just need to, to get get alone for a while, you know. And and uh, and so we. We calmed down. Every everything got okay. But I mean, when you're in these long car rides, you are stuck with someone. <laughs> so it did get better, and it, I thought it, I thought it was funny. I mean, uh, then we ended up eating the Panera breads afterwards, and we had a great conversation. Actually, I think it made us closer. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there was a moment. You know, we were just we were we were both at our our limits. You know, and uh, or maybe Chris was more of his limits than I was, but uh, I. I, um, you know, when, when, when I'm kind of reactionary. And so when, when, it, when Chris got mad, then, then, you know, I got mad too. And so it was, it was, it was quite a, quite a scene. So, so yeah, just car rides, <laughs> man, I've had some interesting ones. So I, 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 maybe, maybe Chris can, can iterate. Uh, maybe I missed a few things, but, uh, maybe he can say his side of that. But I, I just thought that was, um, that was funny and, uh, appropriate, Okay. So, um talking to everyone now, uh I like to oh oh this this is half of also my my situation. The reason that I or another way that I can get the uh, podcast listen to podcasts a lot uh more or, or <laughs> the other way that I can listen to a lot of podcasts is that I Put on uh, a two x speed. Well, it's not two x, but um, the first time I had uh, seen this was on on a little iPod, but uh, but on my uh, Sony player, it's called DPC. But either way, I can put my podcast at one point two five speed, and it does it in a way that you pretty much don't notice it. It doesn't change the pitch or anything, um, and it is pretty cool. Like, like for me, especially me, that's kind of always like trying to be as efficient as possible. I can basically, you know, instead of the podcast being a half hour or an hour, it's going to be like something like uh, 25 minutes to, to 45 minutes. So I'm, I'm, I'm saving some time and I actually listen to all your podcasts in, at double speed as well as mine. And I don't know why, but I just, I'm, I've, I've gotten, a, I've gotten accustomed to it. Um, now like especially with the music parts like I'll hear the beginning of you know um, uh Mark Marin Wtf and it's that you know and uh that that big guitar riff and that's how I've been listening to it pretty much forever that that's the speed that I hear it you know and but actually every once in a while I'll catch i'll I'll, I'll listen to some music and I'll, I'll put it back to to you know regular speed, and then I'll go back to the the podcast, and I'll hear Marin, and that's when I'll I'll know that I'm I'm back at one, at regular speed because all of a sudden it's baum baum ba da baum baum. Bum bum ba it's like totally like uh probably twenty beats per minute slower. And it's like holy shit, you know. I it I, smell sounds like going through molasses when you when you you know, when you've been used to the faster speed. And it's it's weird. Like I can't especially with a song that I've heard that that speed every time. It, I don't know. It's just it's just funny to me. So yeah, I, I I get through those podcasts fast. Um uh okay. Have you I don't know, have any of you experienced at this point? Like, I think we're kind of at this point where everyone seems to be having babies. I've got baby, uh, my, my, uh, maybe four or five of my friends from high school have all of a sudden, all at once, have started having children. Um, there's, there's been a few that had children pretty much right out the gate, but, uh, but pretty much now it seems like it is baby time. Everybody in my generation is having babies. Except for it seems like, uh, Dan, Scott, and Chris, I, um... It's not like I'm rushing anything or or whatnot, but uh, but I'm just saying it's uh, it's interesting. Maybe your guys' friends are having children. Who knows? Maybe Melody's going to have a kid soon. Uh, But but um, it's just it's kind of fun. But there's also one I I actually saw an old girlfriend of mine uh, that just um, is pregnant now, and she she had a picture on Facebook of her her bulging belly, and that was probably the weirdest one. Cause she was a really close girlfriend, and you know, I talk, I talked to Sarah about this. She she's fine with me talking about it, and it's just you know, it just puts things in your mind like 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 what if scenarios or like you know different different life or whatever. But I mean, I I totally love what I'm doing now. But it was just so weird to see an old girlfriend all of a sudden pregnant. You know, <laughs> it was it was something. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see, car buying. I bought well i didn't buy but i i got a new lease and so i had a real fun time uh this time around because i've gotten two two leases before i i would say for a certain person i recommend the lease i i know financially i think it you're you're uh probably not it's it's probably the 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 most you're gonna pay the most money but as far as a lease goes you got a new car. You don't have to worry too much about the um, you know it breaking down. Uh, you you do have to worry about your miles. You do have to worry about keeping it looking nice and not getting it scratched or whatever. But uh, for the most part, I think I, I I haven't had much problem with that. I've never had a problem taking it back. They usually give you like a you know a fifteen hundred dollar like. Uh, security for for taking back you know your cars and anything up to fifteen hundred dollars the damages they they'll waive so i mean it's really a pretty good deal so um i needed a specific kind of car i needed all-wheel drive i needed um uh, kind of a family car and uh so i went to probably well first of all i my, my first two cars i've had were hondas and so i went to honda first I said, told him what I want. He gave me, showed me the car that was for me. It was like a CRV. I, I said I wanted to pay a certain amount. This is what I came with. Um, and I always know when, like, car car buying is completely like a, it's like a, your modern day barter system. Like they got their MSRP, but you know, no, no one really, really trusts that shit. So, so, um, you know, there's a lot of wiggle room there, and so it's kind of fun. You come with a price, and you can you know, you can bargain. So, so basically I, I worked my butt off. I, I came to every place. Everybody wanted me to, you know, to talk to them about the features. What makes me different than the other guys? And I was just like, fuck that bullshit. You tell me, uh, you give me the car that that's going to serve my needs. Give me the simplest plan possible and give me the price I want. And then, and then we're, we're golden. So I went to Honda. I went to Ford. I went to Chevy. I went to Nissan. I went to, um, Subaru. I went to Toyota and every single one was giving me about the same price quote. And so I, uh, I pretty much, you know, was starting to get the idea that, okay, maybe I'm not going to be able to get any better than this, but, um, but little by little, uh, you know, it's it, it it was just funny. Like they weren't used to it. You know, they all wanted me to, <laughs> and I was, I was just coming there with with my uh, with my idea, and I and I was like, and I don't need a car today. And if you can't do it, then fine. And uh, before I knew it, I was able to get pretty much what I wanted. I got uh, a Chevy. I ended up going there, but they didn't have the price I wanted, and then and then I ended up um, getting a call from them because I guess for some reason, because I was a farmer, they were able to give me fifty bucks less a month on the lease and there you go i they 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 were the one that won so i got a chevy equinox chevy equinox uh and now but the only problem is that uh now i'm getting phone calls from every freaking car dealership uh as follow-up like saying oh we we can get you better price now you know well it's too late buggers i was i was looking to get that that day so either way i'm excited It, it it's really it's really nice Another thing I wanted to talk about was my new kind of, uh, my new thought about eating food. It's kind of uh, developed over time, but basically everybody kind of in my situation, 29, 30 or whatever, has basically realized that you can't eat what you want anymore. You can't just eat shit all day and expect to not get fat or feel like shit. So, um... It's so funny. I mean, it totally changed, changes your relationship to food. Uh, it, it 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 sucks. I mean, I wish I had. Uh, I think there was something in Star Trek where, where they had some sort of beer that, or or, or um, I think their beer, like like if it was made in the replicator, it was made so it was basically you know it would never get you drunk, but it would get you kind of drunk, and it was never like the real thing. And it would be just it'd be kind of fun to have food that you basically you could eat as much food as you want, you wouldn't get fat. And I think they had something like that too. But either way, so now now with my new relationship with food, basically eating food is not just the process of putting it in your mouth, chewing it, swallowing it, tasting it, and whatnot, and that's it. No, it's not. It is not done until your stomach has digested it, you have, it's gone through your t- intestines, and you've pissed it out and shit it out. That is when you are done eating that food. Okay, so so basically, you know, if 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 you love pizza and you eat that pizza, it tastes so good. The texture is great. You swallow that down. It's it's amazing experience. But then all of a sudden, you have heartburn. You have uh, liquid shit. You you feel like shit. Hmm. Maybe or maybe you don't like pizza. Maybe because you don't like the whole process. And that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say is that. Uh, the eating the eating part that was the classic eating part the chewing the it's it's just uh it just takes seconds it takes me 5 seconds or 5 minutes to eat that pizza and then and then uh, the rest of it takes hours it takes like i don't know 5 6 hours to get through my body and uh that is is the real thing i mean that is that is your really what you got to focus on on um on food is that how you feel afterwards? And if you don't, you're just gonna keep on going down that addictive alleyway of of just eating, eating, eating. Ugh, it's it's um, it's so hard. It is it is one of my biggest struggles is is food. Um, but yeah, that is how we should look at it, from putting it in our mouth to shitting it out of our ass, <laughs> the whole process. Um. And then, and then, last but not least, I, I have something I want to share with you guys. <laughs> I, I just laugh about it because it's it's something that was I had done very fast on the fly. I uh, Sarah had her friend over, um, very um, artsy friend. Uh, she was over to help with her while she was um, she was close to giving birth to Ada, and uh, and she. Uh, or I got inspired to write a play, and we were all going to read it together. <laughs> and so I spend about uh, fifteen minutes, and I just flow. I just boom, pop out a play, and uh, and so this play is maybe you know five minutes long or whatever. And <laughs> and, and it was just so funny what came out of me. Um, it, I I I have I'm slowly starting to realize that maybe my angle is obviously i think my angle is not so much of a, of a of a com- comedic angle or maybe my comedic angle is different but but either way i just go get so serious I I don't know I I'm just that's that's where I fly my most serious sort of dilemmas and everything even though I listen to comedy all the time actually most of the things I listen to are comedy related um even though like Mark Marin and uh Joe Rogan aren't exactly like listening to to comedy they are both comedians which is kind of interesting um but yeah maybe I'm more kind of down that wave just more of a a thinker type but either way, I I probably could produce some comedy if I tried. But um, just as far as what comes out of me, uh, this is an example. So uh, let me set it up a little bit. So Jessica, I make Jessica and Sarah a lesbian couple, <laughs> and I am the father of the kid. I, I or I'm I'm the father of the the baby that's inside Sarah's belly. Okay, so so um. So basically, it's, it's a scene that's, like, around a, a table, um, and I, I come in, and, uh, and so I think that's enough to set this up. Okay, here we go. I don't know why we have to do this. I just think it's the right thing. We can't just leave him wondering. I think that is exactly what we should do. He never has to know. This just feels right to me. Please, just trust me. "'All right, fine. I'll say no more. I love you.' They reach over the table and hold hands as the doorbell rings. "'Ding-dong!' in a chipper voice. "'Hello?' "'Hi. How was the drive?' "'Fine.' Everything becomes silent and awkward in the room. Sarah breaks the silence. "'Here's your seat. Do you want anything to drink?' "'No, thanks.' They all sit once again. The room is silent and awkward.' Sarah once again moves things along. So, I guess you know what we're here to talk about. Jessica visibly sits up and assumes a very straight posture. I think so. It's about the baby, I figured. Well, we, uh, decided, uh... We decided that we don't want you to be part of these babies' lives. Joel looks speechless. Sarah... We are so thankful that you helped us have children. It was the greatest gift anyone could have given us and you are so good with Sophia but but we don't want you to confuse our children. What she means is we want our family to be strong and secure and we think that if you were part of their lives too then it was it would be too confusing. Confusing? I'm their father. What's confusing? you know we might say one thing and you say another who do the kids listen to we we would want things to be planned and coordinated we don't want any loose ends in our family we need to all be on the same page what is this about giving me giving sophie too much chocolate i mean you just tell me what you want and i will do it yeah right we know you too well Je- sarah looks angry at jessica we just think that our family should be the people that are in the house. We are the parents, and we want our children to have no doubt of that. That seems pretty unprogressive for a couple of married lesbians. I told you, Sarah, you wouldn't understand. He, look, you have no choice. We are the legal guardians of these children. Is that it, then? Are we done? We, we will send you news and pictures. No thanks. If I'm not their dad, then I don't want to know about them. Wouldn't that be hard? The only way I can be happy is if I forget about this. This arrangement. Joel gets up. Sarah tries to think of something to say. Jessica makes a very strong posture. Joel leaves. The end. <laughs> uh, I hope you followed that. I, I it might have been a little confusing, but I was I I think I kinda had three voices there. Um so yeah. Weird, huh? That that's where my mind went. Um so I don't know. Let me know. <laughs> Uh, so onward. Um, the interview with Scott. Uh, great interview. It was it was flowing. It was snapping back and forth. Um, it took us a little time to, to kind of get the, the juices going. But once they started going, it was fun. And I think you can feel the electricity in the conversation. Um, so I, I am very happy to, to, to bring forward this this nice interview between me and Scott. Hey, Scott.
1: Hey, hey.
0: How you doing? I'm good, Joel. How are you? Good. Uh, we are here in the afternoon. I'm actually drinking nothing. I, I didn't think about that, but uh, um, also as, as far as going with the no planning, I also um, felt like I'm going to try with you. I think you're the perfect start for me to have no notes to start. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna talk. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but,
1: I'm not I'm, uh, myself, I'm having, a, um, I'm having a Red Bull. So that's uh, what I'm doing. A Red Bull? I'm having a Red Bull.
0: All right. <laughs> do you, you need a little afternoon pick-me-up? Uh, a
1: little bit, yeah. I so thought I'd uh, pick myself up and, uh, so that I could talk to
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> when when do you decide, decide to have your Red Bull? Or do you have Red Bulls often? Or is that like uh, just, just whenever?
1: Uh, I, uh... I decided that I would have a Red Bull, a Red Bull for this particular phone call. So, nice. Something that I do all the time because you know they're full of chemicals, and whatnot. But I don't like. <laughs> all
0: right, you you want to be sharp?
1: Yeah, I want to, be, I want to have a, a certain kind of edge. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to be able to be
0: fast. Nice. Okay, Chris, or I mean Scott. Um so uh, already great great start. Um I have I have to ask you about your kids. Okay, what what's the deal?
1: What's the deal with the kids? Yeah. Oh, um How old they, are you?
0: Uh, yeah,
1: well I work in a, I work in a program um at, at a school called the Hunter School and uh, I'm what they call a house parent or or technically called a CDC, or a Community Development Coordinator, and uh, basically I'm like a dad. So um, we have a house full right now of five kids, and um, you know for reasons that are confidential, I can't discuss their names. But I can say that they, there's you know a kid with autism. There's a kid with uh, just all of them have ADD. I think.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so I think I misunderstood. So, you, so you, are you actually a biological father? Mm-mm. Okay.
1: No, I, uh, I was, I was saying uh, that I was relating to you because it's like I'm, I'm a surrogate father. is What I'm saying.
0: I see. So it's
1: like you me. I'm, I'm relating to you. I mean, I'm, imagine that when you have your own children, that you have your own. Uh, it, it, well, it means a little probably more closer to the ho- more closer to home.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Cool. So so um so that totally explains why it's 7 days on, 7 days off. That was also the kind of mystery I was wondering about.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you just you yeah, had you you basically kind of, you know, I mean, uh I don't know what did you say the term was for your job? The the position name?
1: It's uh well, I just called a house parent.
0: A house parent. I
1: mean, that's yeah.
0: That's cool. That's oh, cool. I do, you know,
1: like, so I'm like that. So I, you know, take the kids outside, do things off campus, you know, uh, discipline them and, um, you know, try to teach them about life.
0: <laughs> wow, that's an awesome service, man. I mean, like, uh, so so, do you have, um, do you have a girlfriend or a wife?
1: Oh, not at the moment. No, I uh, I will see a girl that I worked with for a while who will, you know, I'll keep her name a secret, but. Okay. Okay. Uh, it didn't really work out, and uh, but uh, yeah, you know, like i single. I will say that I've been single for a long time. You know, I'm kind of seeing somebody, who looks really official.
0: So, you, so everyone out, so so you know, everyone out there knows that uh, Scott is available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on market. There's there's that laugh you know you know um, that you know that hunk of man Scott you know I, I, you you um, uh, Dan um, I I interviewed him last night and uh, and we we uh, spent a good portion of uh, the, the latter half talking about your laugh. Oh <laughs> yeah, just, most people I think
1: it's a love or hate. Um, <laughs> oh man, it's... Most people love the
0: laugh, you know, and then uh, and
1: then other people just kind of you know they. They, they are offended, or like, or I can't be out in public or something if I'm laughing at my full cackle, as,
0: as I call <laughs> I I love it. I mean, I we were talking about, I mean, I, 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 my first impression, or my first uh, description of it was that it's like a Paul Bunyan laugh. <laughs> it echoes. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I've kind of inherited it. I
1: think it came, it came, uh, not from the Marshall side, it came from the the Lloyd side, my mother's side. So, uh, you know that being said, be
0: just, it, my uh, I remember my grandfather when he was alive had very similar guffaw oh. Yeah. So. Okay. So, um, so laughter. So, so do you think that laughter is kind of like a inherited thing, or do you think that was genetic, or do you think that it was na- nur- uh, nurture?
1: Um. Wow.
0: Uh, Isn't that interesting? What? It, yeah.
1: Well. I guess it would be, um, in my opinion, I think that, you know, some people are more disposed, predisposed to be, to be able to laugh, right? And then, uh, Uh and I think that that could be genetic, you know? I also think it might be epigenetic, you know, where you have, uh, what you do with your life matters and you pass it on as how the genes are expressing. So that whole field is pretty fascinating to me, you know, where... It, it, like so, how your grandparents were affects you more so than how your parents are, right?
0: Okay, okay. So, yeah. so, so, so it's it's um it's it's hmm, it's kind of like it's something that you would consider to be something that that's um, you. Yeah. So so, yeah. I guess explain that. I mean, I, I basically am getting that it's something that you might consider to be a nurture thing, but yet it, it actually is something that is uh, um, something that is pre-programmed, but it it, it, it uh, shows itself off later on. Yeah, I think so. Like,
1: it's got yes to be I think yes, both because it's got to be a combination of how you know what your life is like. You know, so
0: which is pretty, pretty much how better, it always is, right?
1: Part. and then how, like you know, like. Um, what, what came before you matters to a certain extent, you know, and how it, how it expresses in in your being.
0: If imagine a
1: person that if you're a person that you know has um, well, I think all
2: things are like that actually. So like all the traits, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, your depression trait,
1: depressive traits, you know, your uh, 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 your your intelligence and uh, things like that. I think all those things are like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just imagining all your little surrogate kids all of a sudden, you know, having bellowing laughter, you know, all
1: <laughs> they uh They uh, enjoy my laughter. One, one of the kids said to me, because they're so behavior-oriented, man, that it's hard sometimes to know if you're doing any good. But like one of the kids told me, he said, Scott, listening to you laugh and have a good time just makes me so happy. <laughs>
0: Man, I bet those kids have. To-
1: it's a little, a little moment
0: for myself, but it felt so very touching, you know. Yeah, totally. I bet those kids are full of little, little moments. Mm. I mean, I, I bet they say. I mean, I mean, it sounds like you're 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 dealing with special needs kids, right? Mostly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You can say
0: that. Yeah. And are Are they orphaned, or, or or are they just kind of they need they need twenty four seven help? So, that, are you giving them a break from their parents?
1: It's like that. So, like, there's uh, there's kids who what you would call um, uh, what's the best way to put it? there, they 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 can't make it in their
2: current family situation. You know.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Some of the, most of them are adopted, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and most of them have behaviors that you know can get on the violent end. You know, if, they, if they're left on child, people without training.
0: So you, so you need a big, burly man to be able to take, you know, wrestle him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember one time, I actually kind of, I mean, it wasn't exactly the same by far, but but I did have this weird sub position that I had to do, um, where it, it actually wasn't a substitute position, it was a, it was a position that I had for a good three weeks when I, before I taught, mm-hmm. where I, uh, uh, I, there was this kid from Ukraine, And he didn't, and he didn't speak very good English. He was, he was a normal kid otherwise, but yet sometimes he would get physical and not understand that he was, you know, a little too rough with the other guys, you know? Right. And so I would, I would have to come during pool time and I would just have to be there sitting around just, and, and just keeping an eye on this kid. And, and if, and if he, you know, went out on someone, I would have to tackle him, you know? (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, basically that's what it's like, Matt. And, you know, it's like, uh, it's interesting you say Ukraine, a lot of those kids have what's called reactive detachment disorder. Uh-huh. Um, bad. And uh, what that means, when they were infants, they weren't touched at all. Oh, wow. So you talk about nature versus nurture, right? So these kids are being born, right? And, you know, it's like it, uh, in Ukraine, in some areas of Ukraine, I imagine, are very poor. And, uh, you know, it's usage and things like that after the fall of the Russians. Uh, empire, kind of, you know, so
0: to speak. Now it's just yeah. a bunch of, yeah, USSR uh, and things like that. So the women are
1: giving birth to these kids, you know, that people are adopting in the states that have uh, all these conditions, you know, and a lot of them stem from not being touched at all.
0: Yeah, it became like a national issue. It became like a national issue with the Russian adoption. Like, like Russia, like made some declaration that they're no longer letting Americans adopt Russians. Right, right. I don't know, have you heard of that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, it even got into that set, because, like, there was this one ex- particular example where, where a family wanted to give their child back.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard about that. Well, okay, so that's where that came I, I remember that. Because that's, I think, a common scenario, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you,
1: you know, you adopt a kid, right, and you're, like, really wealthy, and you're successful, right, suburban, you have your Subaru... You know,
2: you're
1: drinking your wine, and uh, you're like, honey, we'll have a kid, you know, or you're a homosexual, and you want to have a kid, but you can't, you know, um, and, uh, you know, well, this rules up, you know, and then you get this child, (laughs) you get this creature, you know what I mean, it's like, uh, that's how they react, it's like, uh, I don't know what to do with this, it's a human being, but I don't know how to take care of this person. You know, this this child is just out of my control,
0: and it's probably sketchy. I mean, they probably don't know the history too well. I mean, I mean, it's it's a real gamble, you know.
1: Yeah, and you know, and and that being said, I mean, like these children all are different, even within their diagnosis. You know, Mm -hmm. even a classification like autism or Aspergers or. You know, I, really remember, I remember listening to you, you mentioned that you might be on the spectrum. Sometimes I think that I might be. Yeah. You know, I like my, I like, I like the... <laughs> I like. Well, anyway, but, like, so, like, even within that diagnosis, like, a huge range of potential things. And all I think it really means that do you get government assistance or not? So, like, if you're classified, you know, as soon as they classify you, then you're eligible for programs and just a lot. Yeah, I'm sure that Republicans
0: are like angry.
2: Mm.
0: Another reason to spend money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, and and there, you know, there's always two sides, and I mean, there's always a little bit of a point, you know, because I mean, sure, there's some some cases where where you know they don't, some cases don't need as much support as others, you know, but yet it's like a bureaucratic, you know, one size fits all sort of diagnosis situation
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in a way I have this, this hope that the whole uh, American education system falls apart so that they can replace it
0: you know yeah. I, w- I wish that would have happened with the banks yeah oh those fuckers <laughs> <laughs> they got away scot-free and they took our money too
1: yeah I know well you know like I have my own opinion I think that the um I think that the, well,
0: you talk about, you talk about the Occupy movement. Uh, or, uh, it's kind of the same spirit, know. but I, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, no one liked the bailouts. I mean, uh, so there's part of me that wish that, you know, we we would go through a little struggle, you know, or, well, not a little struggle. Maybe we go through a depression or something, but maybe that's what we freaking need, you know, to freaking get ourselves, go, you know, back in the right track. Yeah, I, I
1: guess so. I mean, like, it's, I mean, I'd like to think that our leaders had, um, you know, more integrity. But I just think that it's it, right now. It's just a crapshoot. You know, it's a crapshoot and a scramble to get the cash and uh, any by any means necessary. And you know, Obama. I think, despite me really liking him in the get-go, I just I've come to think of him um, as as a. Uh, as not having and then feel you know, like he took on too much you know like he didn't do a couple things yeah he, he
0: he's not thing. he's not strong enough to fight him you know he's not he's not he, he's kind of playing the, playing game you know with him play, playing their game
1: yeah <laughs> <Like> that, <laughs> probably the comedian Bill Hicks had a, had a sketch where he's like you know as soon as the president's elected they take the president into the back room right with a bunch of guys smoking cigars
0: yeah yeah and
1: yeah and they show the they
0: show the, you know, this one, they show the yeah, Kennedy yeah. footage. Yeah, yeah, they show the Kennedy footage. <laughs> and, they say, and they say, okay, now you, you, you listen to us, you know. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: Like, any questions? And,
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that bit. <laughs> I actually thought about that, too, because it's so true. I had that thought. Like, what the fuck happens yeah. between them being a nom- nominee and then once they become president? I mean, they must know things that we are not aware of. Obviously they do, but I mean they must be like really quickly like figure out that the the game is so I, I don't know up on up the top you know it's 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 not what you expect. Yeah, I agree
1: with you, man. Yeah.
0: And all the presidents, yeah, like the, same the old power story. Power. You love yeah, the president. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, same old story. Like like you said, you know I love love the president. You know I still like him. You know, but uh, it's it's always seems to be the same. By the end, you know everyone's like ugh. Another another failure. Another another inspiration loss.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it doesn't even matter what party you pick. You know, like uh, it would be cool if we even had a three-party system. Yeah, you
2: know,
1: like where we're like you know someone like a uh, you know I've just it's, it's been a long time since we really had a legitimate third party. You know that the media would even
0: support. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, our our most legitimate uh, back in the day was uh, Ralph, uh, Ross Perot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just goes to show where that leads.
1: Yeah, I think he would have really screwed us over. I
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, man. Um, hey, so, so, um, actually, I, I, I can't get it out of my head right now because you kind of, I kind of got reminded that you're kind of a, kind of a math guy. What, what, like, um, uh, what do you love to nerd out about? I Currently, I am
1: nerding out about... Um, it, 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 I'm uh, an advocate of what's called integral theory. Okay. And, uh, I've been nerding out since about 2007 uh, about this particular... This guy named Ken Wilber, he's a philosopher. Uh, he's probably the most uh, uh, important, in my opinion, philosopher of our time. Uh, you know, what's like, his you name
0: know, again? Uh, Tom Wilber. Aristotle. Aristotle, right? Then you have, uh, um,
1: yep. maybe, uh, um, well, anyway, the more the more important point is that he's probably the best philosopher that we have right now in so. our day. I like that. I'm a student of the philosophy. I like that stuff.
0: Totally, man. Um, so so what what's what's the deal? Why you mention him?
1: Uh, well, he's got he's got a, a way to make sense of reality in a way that's really good. And he calls his main theory the aqual theory. And uh, basically, what he says, that every every occasion or occurrence has an inside to it and
0: an outside. It has an interior and it has an exterior. Every, 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 every occasion, you said? Every occasion or current?
1: Yeah, every occasion, like, anything that happens,
0: Okay, know? okay. It
1: doesn't matter. Uh, any, anything that arises has an inside or an outside. Okay. So, like, just, like, like let's, let's just say, um, for an example, like, uh, the experience of a dog, right? Okay. So, so you take the dog, the dog has exterior. Yep. Beds. I mean, the dog is there, it, moves. it can move. From point A to point B.
0: Yep, it looks like what it looks like.
1: Yep. And there's an interior aspect to the dog that we can't necessarily see with our eyes. We have to make an imprint that it's there. So the the interior of the dog probably is very complex, like, say, you or I. But nevertheless, it has an inside, so it has some kind of prehension... Has you know, it has correlates to the reptilian brainstem and the mammalian brain cognitive functioning. Some kind of functioning.
0: Okay, Where? some some sort of command yeah. center, some sort of um, yeah. some something running the thing from the inside.
1: Right, and it, like some kind of consciousness. So, what what uh, the what the integral theory states is that um, all things happen on in that kind of way. So instead of
0: um, all right well let's put it put it outside of an animal let's let's say like for instance uh, a light wave
1: for instance a light wave
0: yeah could you t- explain that? Yeah.
1: So a light wave a light wave would have um, some, some kind of exterior component and sometimes some kind of interior component to it so even even uh, electromagnetism, uh, at its basic level, has the kind of it's basically consciousness all the way down, all the way down to, some, to the atom. Yeah, yeah. So, so what what, what Ken Wilber says is that um, things transcend and include. So you have an atom, right? And then it, and then you form a molecule, and then you get a bunch of molecules together. You can form a cell. You get a bunch of cells together. You can form an organism. And then, of course, you know, and so on. You get a human being. Obviously.
0: Okay, okay so, you know, so so so, so yeah. it's, it sounds like the macro-micro we were talking about.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So it, it, it has, it not only does it have that, uh, it shows up in the world, it also has an inside to it, an interiority. Mm. And so that's the explanation of the, you, you just have to think of it as the primacy of
0: consciousness that goes all the way down to the big bang. So from the moment of the Big Bang, you have like, so so like the kind of kind of idea that we're we're all made out of stars. Yeah, like we're all we're all. I mean, the stars are made from the Big Bang, and and then we are made from the stars because the planets are made from from when the stars are made, and then what's on the planets make us with the energy from the sun and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. So we're all basically one with everything, in some way or another.
1: Right, and so he calls that movement from, uh, from the, where the Greeks get the word eros. So he takes the same word from the Greeks, eros, erotic. Okay. Uh, the impulse to the express a novelty. So, you know, every moment has that occasion, has a small instance of something new being added. Every moment, 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 dismal, moment, moment, something new being added. Okay. And, uh, and it, it, from his standpoint, the term is uh, eros. Eros.
0: Eros. So, so Eros yeah. is like the, the, basically the growth kind of, like growth that's composed of everything that has come before it?
1: Right. And so, like, in a transcend and include fashion. So it's just like a boundary is being dropped around the something new. So I've totally been out about this, man, and I've been uh, 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 working on a way to it into our communication
0: to each other. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to like, I, 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 think I get it. I mean, I, I think really, and as far as you go with communication, I mean, that, that's pretty much like tapping into the flow. It's like tapping into the, the, um, the things that are out there that are that are speaking to us that we just need to receive. Anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And, and, and so that that in a sense is like. Actually, let, let me explain to you a couple of my personal theories that I think connect to this because I've I've thought a lot about this. I mean, it's easy to to to, to get down this this uh, this avenue, and so the one I have is um is that everything um in this like like ever, everything in the in this universe um is either as You know, significant or insignificant as you want to be, because everything can either have a bigger form of it or a smaller form of it, which is basically the macro-micro idea. And uh, and so, even the biggest of the big thing would not exist without its parts, right? Yeah, that's the
1: fractalization that that, you know, like like uh, from the from the moment a fractal uh, was discovered it was realized that it could be applied to um, nature because nature seems to work in that way. And so we work in that way. We work it in a practical form. Or another way to put it is holographic because if you take a hologram, you take a piece of the hologram and you realize that a piece of the hologram actually contains all the necessary information of the whole thing.
0: Okay. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Yeah, so so basically it's it's like a, like a piece... That that um, basically, you know, you could just repeat over and over again, and, and you get what you get.
1: Right. 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 So, like, that's why it's important for people to be able to recognize patterns
0: uh, in their own life. And, and, and um, I think the part of it material. that that I think the part of it that blows our mind is that we, when we think geographically, you know, we think of like yeah. straight lines, we think of triangle, square. You know what I mean? And how often do you really see a triangle and square in in nature? Right, well you don't. And but you do see you do see circles or spheres. Spheres show up in nature a lot. But um, as far as anything else, so, so, so I mean you kind of got to use ge- I mean I think fractals take that, that next level in geometry where, where I mean because if you think of, of nature in straight lines, it's almost impossible to think of how it could be made out of it. So instead if you use frac- if you use fractals, it, it, it solves it, it, that's the, the, the puzzle piece that that's the, that figures it out.
1: Yeah, well, even that dude Pythagoras, who who
0: did who basically grandfathered uh, 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 um, geometry, and
1: and, so and he and
0: he had a big role in music. Yeah, exactly. He, so he had big a big role in music. point. He, okay, I'm I'm sorry. So so, start from Pythagoras. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to
1: say that he the concept of a point, right? Like in space. So like you have a, an infinite nothing yet and then you have a something. Yep. And it's a it's a, it's it's not it's definite in that it's there, it's a it's a point. Right? And that's a where is it in space. You know, that's these are the sacred things this guy Pythagoras was cooking up back then.
0: Yeah, and that I mean that might now seem kinda basically yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean like now it seems like it's just a completely obvious thing, but back then that's like that's like a blow your mind out of the box thought.
1: Absolutely. So this dude this dude would walk into a town, right? And people would be thinking that he was a magician because he knew the height of something without measuring it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: He wouldn't have to measure it. He would because he knows he knows how to do it mathematically with a geometry. He can do the triangles and figure it out figure out the uh, hypotenuse, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, like that. I'm not necessarily a math person, but I mean, I've, since since school, I've really gotten involved in trying to learn more about math because uh, that's part of my brain that I didn't develop much.
0: You know, maybe it's the autistic part.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, uh, you know, but I actually um little sidestep that kind of relates to what uh, Dan and Chris have been talking about with the whole manliness stuff you know, is that, is that I actually just built a slide for, for my daughter, and um, yeah. I used the Pythagorean theorem to get the right angle of the slide because my, my ledge was about six feet tall, and so I thought, okay, I need about a 11-foot slide to make the right angle because I, I used the right triangle, you know, a, a squared plus B squared equals C squared. Right, right. And I did, <laughs> And I did it with a, an Amish guy, and the Amish guy was like, "Oh, I remember that, but uh, it's been a long time." <laughs> <laughs> but e- e- so, so I um to my point about the the macro micro is that um my conclusion was okay. So you can either think of yourself as super insignificant in the. S- and, and, and the whole whole spectrum of things, right? You could think you're you're okay, you're you're nothing. You you're meaningless in the universe, you know, you're just yeah. a speck. Yeah. Right? But then again, yeah. nothing is um, anything without its parts. You know, everything is the sum of its parts, right? Right. So you basically within your own integrity, within your own belief in yourself, you are as important or unimportant as you want to be. Yeah, which gives a person a lot of choice, you know, in the matter because you know some people feel like they don't have a choice. Right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and and then but but uh, but really we do, and we have we have like basically, we, you know, I mean it's almost like just just a it's a it's a way of of, of looking at you know um, your. Per- your outlook on life you like like because I think a lot of um, this kind of like this idea I think there's this kind of um, atheist um, stereotype that atheists you know just think well when I die I become nothing and uh, I'm insignificant you know it, it's depressing right right but actually you know you could use that same logic and make it so that you can feel like you're the most important thing there is because you uh, Without everything, or without all the things that compose everything, it's nothing as well. So, really, you're just as important as anything else.
1: Yeah, and, what, and that's the basic contribution of our postmodern thought. So, I mean, like, here, here's a good example of postmodern thought. Okay. Um, South Park.
0: <laughs> nice. South Park is a, is a great example of postmodern thought because what it does is it takes
1: everything that happens. And equally uh, brings it, uh, it dissects it, and makes makes it into humor. Yep. So that's that's uh, postmodernism in a nutshell. That it says let's level the playing field. Let's make us all uh, let's make us all equal. And so we have things like human rights movement, women's rights movement, things like um, things like those that come up. And and so the Greenpeace movement, you know, people uh, activism. Social activism, yeah. All these things come out of this kind of postmodernism.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah. So so it's basically just this this philosophy, this g- general philosophy that, um, like, basically, kind of what I was I was saying that that everything is kind of you know it, it's all kind of a crapshoot, and no one should say if anything's better than anything else because really. You know, it's it's uh it's it's obvious when you have a uh, that that um, abstract outward per- perception that really it's all pretty much equal.
1: Yeah, and so what? What it's really it's done a lot of good for us. Yeah, it's, it's made us all. It brought us up to uh, a place where the environment is a concern. It's brought us up into a place where uh, world peace is a is a concern. All cult multiculturalism. honoring each other, being politically correct, uh, uh, you know, I mean, like, for all intents purposes, being politically correct or culturally sensitive is something that's kind of, if you go to college, you have to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, um, I mean, I I came from a country area, and yeah, there was a lot of challenges at college. Like, I I never actually had met uh, a gay person before college. Right, right. I mean, just just an I mean, example, you know.
1: Right, and so like you know, now we live there. You know, they just they just passed that. Um, didn't they just pass a gay marriage situation?
0: I think they made a Supreme Court decision in California, which they think can translate to the United States.
1: Right. So, so that's like that's good news for. I mean, like. So it's one, one, on
2: one hand, you have that religious
1: fundamental point of view, which says, America's between a man and a woman, <laughs> right? <Yep.
0: laughs> it's like with a woman and, and a woman, and, or a man and a man, you or, you know, or, or a um, you can get a hermaphrodite now, right? A hermy, a hermy, a, a hermy <laughs> a her- a her- a, a her- and a man, a hermy and a hermy, a hermy and a woman." <laughs> All the, all the possibilities.
1: <laughs> Correct. So, yeah. Anyway, I mean, like, but they, you know, the, the sanctity of, of a union like that couldn't be recognized, let's say, in the eyes of a fundamentalist Christian church. But so maybe in some, like, new wave, ultra-edgy Christian church, you know, where love your neighbor really means, love your neighbor. Then uh you know, you could have a marriage of a man to man or a marriage of a man to woman because they don't literally interpret the Bible or something like
0: that right you know funny <laughs> funny enough you know how like like Catholicism is like uh you know kind of a big culprit for for that but uh, also um the Episcopalian on the other hand which is like kind of Catholic like I mean it's pretty much Catholicism without a pope right yeah and yet that's the most liberal church I think I've ever been to right I mean they have gay preachers they have women preachers they have uh, I mean they have that sort of thing going on all the time I mean maybe it's related to their audience or something because it's mostly you know I think it is I
1: think it, I think it is Joel like when I when I was in California I visited my uncle for a bit and he lives near San Jose and we went to a church in San Jose that was like you know, it wasn't Unitarian um but it did have a gay woman pastor, so like, it, you know, so like in that area of California where there are a lot of uh, acceptance of homosexuality, then you would you could have support for a church that had that as a you know an open. You know, like as soon as you go down south, then right, the people are going to be ticking in that shit.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You know, they, um, yeah, you were talking about universal Unitarian. I mean, obviously that's more liberal than, than the Episcopalian church, but, um, but yeah, maybe we shouldn't even be talking about churches. Maybe we should be talking about congregations or something like that. I mean, cause that was a really, it seems to matter. Um, 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 what was I going to say? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Oh yeah. Because uh, m- my family, for instance, I take i i we've been going to church um i went to church when i was a kid i i pretty much can consider myself you know i don't i don't believe it literally but i still respect like there's it's like a stepping stone it was good for me when i was a kid it was good for me um to have something to kind of grasp onto even though like and and it's kind of like a lot of things when you're kids. It it it's not necess- you know it's not necessarily real or or maybe you believe it for a while but you figure it out like logically that it's not real eventually. And yeah,
1: I mean, like, yeah, like like try to tell your you know when when your kids get older, man, they start being scared of things on this bed. Try to be like you know you, you, what do you do? You go and look under the you know something on this bed.
0: Yeah, right?
1: but your kid, your kid believes. That there's something there,
0: you yep, know.
1: Yep. Daddy, come and look under my bed. You know, there's a <laughs> there's a boogeyman in yep. my closet. Yep. And so, as like a as a responsible, respectable adult, you go and you check because you're doing something for your kid there by checking. So um, you're not blowing that kid off and being like you're full of shit, you know.
2: Yeah. You're going in there and actually check because you're doing
1: something that honors where that kid is at developmentally.
0: Exactly yeah and and that's almost it seems like the role of a lot of churches i mean i i uh, i think i mean it it's it's like a healthy because there is what church was created on is it's tri, it was like an interpretation i mean i think it was important in its time and history it's an interpretation of what we're feeling of what this like this unity this 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 oneness this we're all created we're all part of um, made of stars idea. We're all, we all are one. And that, that idea is kind of the God idea. And, and so, you know, we had to make it a literal thing to, to, to put, bring it within our grasp because even, even now it's still hard to explain, but it's still, that's pretty much what they're going after. They're pretty much going after be, be a good person. And, and, uh, because there's, there's this, um, there's this, uh, this creator that made things good. This quote-unquote creator, and and um, and you want to be the best you can be because um, that that is is what um, what's best for the world, I guess.
1: Well, you make you make a good point, man. And I, what I'll say is that I think that um, the traditions have set off, the traditions in the East will say like Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, um, all of those particular isms, they really emphasize states of consciousness right
0: yeah totally. here
1: in the west here in the west we have we used to have in the christian tradition a contemplative an emphasis on, on contemplation that you would go as a monk you would go to the, and live in a monastery you would um you know uh, make the big scripts and know, big books you know the big bible uh, big i forget what they call that that big first letter
0: uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, but I know what you mean. I mean, they, it's, it's basically a, a piece of art, you know, the, the first letter. Yeah,
1: well, that was that was your work, and then you would contemplate, you would have contemplation. And regardless of whether or not um, we, we look at this, if we have to look at this in terms of states of consciousness, uh, which, you know, you could roughly put into, you know, three major, or three or four, right? Waking, dreaming, deep sleep, and, you know, like a fourth state or a witness of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the, and the, and the, 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 the traditions of the East uh, cover that territory very well. But we don't have that a lot in the West. You know, we have some, uh, you know, the, the mystics have shown us that, you know, there are uh, states of being that are transcendent than, uh, the, than the literal um, mundane reality that we normally experience. And all the the, if you put it together, um, I I think that I would suggest that the churches begin to incorporate, uh, put a, emphasizing people taking time when they pray or meditate to actually experience the different changes in the state of your consciousness. Yeah. And also, you know, if you go to one dude or lady who's like, who's experiencing the state, then you're not, right? Like you're putting your, Faith in a person or an institution, rather
0: than in your own experience. Yep, yep. You're, you you want you letting them do it for you. You know the um uh it it kind of reminds me of something. But I, I wonder shit. Well, I, I'll just tell you what it reminds me of. The um the uh, Jesus, for instance. I mean, if if you were to, to follow the way that Jesus lived, I mean, you would be kind of more like a a Buddhist, you know. Um, but really, you know the the. It got so warped. I mean, basically, you know, there was the 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 Catholic Church turned it into like this global, you know, um, uh, empire, and then and then that totally warped the whole thing. And uh, and now, you know, the the all these sects, you know, that that have formed out of it, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like it's like um, four or five degrees from what even Jesus was about, you know. I mean,
1: yeah, and even like we could we could say that the church. Because a lot of things, a lot of uh, violence, is, you know, in the church's name, and I think that's a good reason for a lot of people to become atheists. You know, sure. To, to see what religion has done to the world. Yeah. Well, let's just say,
0: or or, or we should even we life shouldn't life. we shouldn't call it religion. We should call it the church. We should what the church yeah. has done to the world. You know.
1: Yeah, we should say you know because the, the church basically um, like a like a crusade or uh, you know because a lot a lot a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, the violence. Um, In those times was a result of the view that if you weren't, from that fundamentalist view, if you weren't uh, safe, then you would literally burn in hell. Yep. And uh, and rather than what Jesus taught, which, you know, we could say, we could say a lot of things about what Jesus taught. But one of the things that Jesus said was that, um, you know, like, the the way is within you, you know, the kingdom of
2: heaven is within you. Exactly.
1: In. so that, I mean, like, if you look at that, what he said, rather than how it's interpreted or the Old Testament version, uh, you know, you, you, if, you if you just believe, if you go from the standpoint of we have to heal the world of the savages, you know, so you go to the savages, so you go to the Arab lands and try to reclaim the holy land, and no, it's ours, and no, it's yours, you know, like. <laughs> Well, anyway my point is that um the the doing uh, of the church as opposed to what you know it did good things like it did bring medicine
0: maybe maybe it did increase knowledge yeah. um, and maybe it did increase
1: the uh, the connection of the human race at that point
0: because yeah I and mean I it, know know, it did it did it did good it gave a separate power that was not Uh, that that went beyond your king you know it went beyond your your uh your lord or whatever you had something else that you you could see as a power beyond that you know yeah and um the other thing i was thinking was that also i mean it's like yeah you were saying like it's almost like it disregards those other states of consciousness like you were saying uh waking dreaming deep sleep and what was the fourth one you said
1: Oh, the witness of those. So, like, it's, oh, okay. it's, sometimes it's, it's put, the witness of those is put into the category of deep sleep. But okay. it's really not. It's really its own
0: category. Yeah, you know, and, some and then... Sleep, and so sometimes they posit a state of
1: consciousness called non-dual, which is um, suchness, or isness. You know, it's like, or I amness. Okay. So to, to a certain extent, to a certain degree where it's, uh, it's totally... Not
0: two. Okay.
1: Sometimes they describe a fifth, but for our our discussion, I think three or four is good.
0: So, well, (laughs) yeah, let's, let's, but my point was that, you know, I mean, a third of your life, or more, I mean, more than that, is spent in places that aren't a conscious place. Right. You know, so I mean, that is a that is a scary territory, I, and no one's going to take the chance of, of interpreting that. You know, I mean, religion li- religion kind of, um, you know. Uh Th- that that's the hardest to describe, and that is the part that that's kind of the part that's within you. That's the part that's most connected, I think, to the other worlds without you even trying. I mean, I mean, just interpreting dreams alone. Imagine how how I mean I mean for anyone, dreams are dreams are uh, a are very interesting phenomenon. Dreams are are something that like. Um, uh, I, I I I actually I, I never mentioned it in the Sarah's, Sarah Sarah uh, what my conversation with Sarah but I have this feeling about dreams that dreams are like your ability to to take all all um all physical bounds out of the situation it's like it's like a way for you to experience um something that you haven't experienced um you know, in real life by taking like, for instance, you, you saw a scary dog, right? You saw a scary dog yeah. that, that, um, like during your day and, and then you had a dream about it. Okay. Right. You, right. you dream about right. it and, th- and then all of a sudden your dream takes you to this place that, that is a safe place because you're not going to get physically hurt, but it's a place where it can take you in this mental way down the avenues of where this dog could have what ha- could have happened with the scary dog could this scary dog could have bit you the scary dog could have chased you the scary dog could have been a nice dog and you you uh pet it and whatever you know um or or some weird dream thing like the dog you know the you you and the dog both start flying and stuff you know but but the, i mean the the, the the point the point is that, that like it's, it's it's an exercise for your brain to be able to get experience more experience out of your experience
1: yeah, I, I agree with you. I, and what, what we call dreaming, um, it would be referred to as a, a state of consciousness. So not everybody remembers their dream, but typically most people dream. And so evidence of that is like what's known as the REM sleep, so the eyes are moved. So those, that's the external correlate. I, I
0: think no. I believe no. I I heard. So you can't know what a, you can't know what a person's dreams are unless they reveal that information to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's an inside thing, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, um, shit. The the, the the dream. Fuck. Yeah, it's an inside thing. Uh, say say exactly what you just said because I had a good thought. Fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So like, I mean, the core of the of the co- correlation. So yes. you have a brainwave like delta which typically happens
0: during sleep. You get a slow brainwave. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I remember what I was going to say. The, the, yeah, go ahead. A lot of people that say they don't dream are people that just wake up at the wrong time. Basically. They wake up in the wrong time of the cycle and they forget it. But when you wake up during dreaming, that's when you remember it, I guess. I think that's that's what I heard. And so everybody does dream. I think it's 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 like a unanimous thing. It's like an essential part of our, our brain function. Some people say it's a way to, to make long term memory. And so everybody dreams it's just a matter of, of when you wake up. Yeah, yeah, and and,
1: and the, the content of the dream may. Made- may stay unconscious. You know, it may stay... Some people are conscious during their dreams. They call that a lucid
0: dream. Yeah, I wish it's I true. could do that. Yeah. Have you ever done that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to a point where... Um, well, because I could do... I would just abuse... I think I would abuse it. Just, you know, fly or have sex all the time. <laughs> so I wanted... I, what I wanted to do, Joel, was just know that I was dreaming. You know, which is a very powerful feeling. Yeah, and uh, that's when you're adding. Basically, what you're doing is counter. It's paradoxical because you're adding wakefulness to a period where you're not awake.
0: Yeah, so, and, and it's you...
1: like taking that wit- that flood state or that witness state of consciousness and applying it to the subtle dreaming realm.
0: Um, and kind of makes me think of uh, uh, what's what's at that, what's at that, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie. In the dream, yeah, Inception, (laughs) like, like they, they, they basically lucid dream the whole time. Um, But uh, um, uh, see, I've been able to be conscious. I've been able to be like, I know this is a dream in my dream. But I don't think I've ever been able to to control it.
1: Well, there's different techniques. Uh, One of the techniques I often recommend is spinning around. So, if you realize. Okay, just, just hear me out, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you typically when you recognize that you're dreaming, you either wake up or have a false awake. You either wake up in a the waking state or you wake up in another dream. And typically you don't know the difference, right? So, okay. because you're excited, because you're like, holy shit, I know I'm dreaming. You know, bam. That's, up, you woke up. Yep, yep, yep. so so one of the things you can do that's recommended I forget the author's name um, because it's been such a long time but he recommended spinning and so you uh, realize you're dreaming you spin uh, clockwise Hmm. or counterclockwise it doesn't matter what direction but you spin and so supposedly uh, the act of doing that actually tricks the um, tricks the mechanism that would normally you would wake up from because typically you fall awake you know you get this feeling. Yep, yep, I remember. And uh, that. the sim- the simulated emo- um, the simulated motion in the dream world uh, tricks you into remaining in the dream for just that a little bit longer, so you can relax and maintain the fact that you know you're asleep. So.
0: <laughs> wow. So, so that that could be your your entrance into a lucid dream.
1: Yes. Also, and then one of the things to do is to program yourself during the day. Uh, while you're awake so like every time you walk through a door you check am i dreaming if i was dreaming i would be able to fly. or uh, you go through a doorway every time you walk through a door or get into your car or do a particular activity you change an activity am i dreaming you ask yourself and then that what that does is program you so that when you're asleep you do the same thing and are more apt to be able to be lucid
0: Okay, so yeah, it's kind of like that. Those little tops that you spin, spin in the in um in in uh, in inception. What 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 did they call those? You know what I'm talking about?
1: Oh, I don't know. They didn't really get into the detail of what those were, but those were fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you have you you make <laughs> you make your own and and, and it, it's like your your reality check.
1: Yeah, they, they. I forget what they do in the. I know that they had a an, induct, an induction device. So that one guy could be could hold the realm of the dream, and the other guys would go into it and then like perform the action. So that's why at the end they had that super trippy dream sequence where it's
0: like three dreams within the same dream, and yeah. this guy gets lost in limbo. And that, yeah, and and everybody everybody that's in the dream is experiencing a different level of, of time going by. You know, like like the the one one. Yeah one time deep is like you know uh, a, a, a 10 minutes for every minute one, another deep is like an hour for every minute and then another one is like 10 hours for every minute you know i think they called it a trigger was it a trigger or I, something i okay. I, can, I can't remember i saw it once
1: yeah, I don't know. Well, being triggered to to wake up in it, and in, in the other dream, it was like the slow motion car moving. Yeah, I remember. I have to watch it again. That movie's far
0: out. Yeah, yeah. I I I was trying to find that one scene because my brother like had a hard time following it. My brother Dave, like he he just kind yes. kind of kind of you know he I mean he he has he has five kids and he's he's just always distracted. So you know it, you, that's the kind of movie you have to kind of pay attention to. And and so yeah. I said you have to at least watch that that slow mo you know because the van in the one dream was going over the cliff you know um. Right, right. Uh. And it was a matter of seconds for that, but at least that guy had like ten seconds of no gravity for a while. And uh, yeah, that that was that was a cool scene, you know, because he he just had to to you know he was brilliant and he just used all all his ingenuity to to make it work. He had just tied everybody up with like yeah. wires and shit, and, and then had a had a, a zero g fight. A, a, the zero g fight was awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, what's cool about that movie is that. Um, they really go to great lengths to show how influential waking life is in a dream in your dream life. So, like, if you're asleep and you're doing, you know, somebody's around you, it does influence your, you know, if you're sleeping next to your partner or whatever, and you're, you're you
0: know, that person talking sometimes it does influence your dream state. Hey, and that I, just, I really
1: like how they how they made it how they did that.
0: <laughs> that that reminds me of my second theory. So my second theory that I have is that, is that your, um, as far as an evolutionary sense, um, everything that is closest to an evolutionary sense to you is something that you kind of emotionally or more easily connect to, you know? Yeah. So for instance, we would have the most emotional connection to, um, a human being, and especially human beings that we've had a relationship with, um, and then also we would have a, a stronger connection to our family because they have more more connection to what we are, and then and then as it goes farther out, you know, we'd have more connection to a mammal than, for instance, a reptile. Like we just see the eyes of a of a of a cow or a dog, and we relate to it. We think it we we anthropomorphize a lot easier with mammals, you know. That's true. And then, and then as it far, gets farther out, you know, we, we we don't really relate to a fish, which is probably really far away from us. And then we even more so n- don't relate to a, uh sea, you know, um, scum like like like. Uh, i don't know like like um things that you see in coral reefs and things that are like uh in the water or or, uh and then and then eventually gets to the place where like you know just plain old rocks and and dirt and stuff like that you know or the sun i mean it's just you could go that far back and and we have a connection to all that but we don't nearly realize it as much as we have the connection to the things that are closer to us in the evolutionary phase
1: yeah, that makes sense, man. And, and I think I think it's the, de, the the degree of complex the complexification of consciousness. So the kind of consciousness of a iguana is certainly not the same consciousness as, as your dog, especially your dog, you know, <laughs> yeah. like your friend's dog, whatever. Fuck your friend's dog. Yeah. Your dog but, has a nice consciousness. You dog.
0: still might <laughs> you still might have some sort of heart for 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 a dog in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Hey, hey. Let me let I me take let me take a quick pause here. I got to plug in my phone. It's gonna go bad or it's gonna run out of battery soon. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'll be back in in, in less than a minute. Back. So, um, I got one, right. I got one oh. <laughs> I got one for you. Yeah, it's, you're a math guy. So, um, base ten. Why? <laughs> what would you say? base 10 why
1: base 10 why yeah uh you're talking about the card game
0: <laughs> oh no no do you, you know about base 10 oh uh base
1: 10 uh I think because it makes sense why I if you're talking about like uh like like um like the metric system or something like that like a base
0: 10? No, I mean actually our number system, you know, I mean why does the why do we go to the next place when we get to 10, you know what I mean? That's that's what base 10 means. Yeah. We count I 1 2 because, hey, I
1: think because it makes that it somehow has some kind of uh aesthetic appeal. You know, it's like it's beautiful. Like if I go from 9 to 10, right? Uh-huh. There's a nice starting over feeling. Like it's a nice uh, aesthetic like when they were, you know, they were counting and they were, you know, making a a, a system that is based, and it makes sense, that it, it fits,
0: you know. Okay, I, I want me to tell you what what uh, I I've, I've I kind of had a quandary about this because I I've got I got I became like a, a base nerd because because I, I started thinking about uh, base base two or you know basically binary binary code zeros yeah. and ones. Yeah you know so so like if, if you were to count like that so that would mean it would click over after every one so so it would be if if you would just say it in, our, in the way that we would think it would be 0 1 10 11 100 101 110 111 1000 you know do, do you get what i'm saying there yeah i'm with you so, so I, I became a huge nerd on that, and I, I actually um, made a converter on, on uh, uh, Excel. And actually, I, I made a conversion, conversion chart, or, or a, actually kind of like a mathematical way to convert from, from base 10 to base 2. So you could take any number in base 10 and then make, make it into its base 2 number. And, uh, and then it got me thinking, okay, why did we, why did we do base 10? And uh, and I I still couldn't think of it. I mean, there was it just seemed kind of arbitrary. It seemed like a random. why not base five? Why not base six? And uh, and then Sarah actually blew my mind. She said, "How many fingers do you have?"
1: Oh right, yeah, because you have ten fingers and toes.
0: Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with it.
1: I'm sure. It does, I'm sure it does, man. Uh, you know what book what, what you would like to read if you haven't already is. Uh... This guy, David David Foster Wallace, he wrote a book on um, uh, this kind of stuff with math. And uh, he goes into how, you know, the, the contemplation aspect of math, which is like where you're, you know, he, there's an actual math in it, so you can uh, rub one out to it. But uh, <laughs> there's a, <laughs> there's a, but he goes, he talks about calculus, and he talks about Newton. He talks about, um, you know, these holidays, uh, or, um, um, what's his name, the the Schrodinger equation, Schrodinger
0: equation? Yeah, I'm not sure. He talks about Einstein, he goes through all the great mathematicians in the modern
1: era, and how the 1800s were like this, this beautiful point in mathematical history when we just, basically, we haven't been able to improve. We had, they proved, you know, they proved a lot back in the 1800s. They proved that one plus one equals two, you know. They had to prove that.
0: Yeah. To- and, uh,
1: because, because math is a kind of a language, you know, it's really easy to, to legitimize math, you know, and say, like, math is, you know, math is a, is, is, the, is, my, is is science. It's a reason and math are, like, um, supported. Whereas states of consciousness, you know, like meditation, meditative states of consciousness, those aren't, those aren't real, you
0: know. Yeah, and, and, I
1: mean. Like, if you get into math, it's really fucking meditative. You know, at a certain level, you know, they have descriptions of zero, you know, that, you know, it's like, what is zero? Zero something or nothing. It's a placeholder, you know, what Uh does that
0: mean? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Totally. I mean, it's 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 a totally a concept that that that's within that abstract world of math. It's only real real ne- necessity is in math. I mean, because like in, in the uh, literal world, zero. I mean, it's just not necessary to even cont- contemplate what why that matters. But uh, um, it, it's it's true because um, have you ever heard that? Did you ever listen to that Radio Lab where they had uh, um, math and how, how kids learn math? No, I had to go. It's it's really good. I can't remember uh, what what the actual name of it, but they they basically go through this this uh, process of, of how a child goes from um, um, no no concept of of counting to a concept of counting. Because it, if, if you think about it, something that seems so natural to us, you know, just count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, you just you have five things, you have ten things, whatever. That is a really hard concept for kids. That, I mean, that's very foreign to nature, you know, a foreign concept to, it's, it, it's, it's very much a, a abstract, uh, man-made concept. Right. And so, and so like kids will get one, they get one really easy. They get more than one easy enough. But then the idea of going from one, two, three, four, whatever that means, it's, it, they have to be like three or four before they, they can finally make that breakthrough.
1: Right, and like, and, and, and building on um, a mathematical skill helps people, uh, you know, frame their their experience, you know, in logical terms. And the, the idea of school is to bring people to a level of reason, you know. It's, it brings people to reason. You know, and, and not be so magical, mythical all the time. You know, because ever since the Western Enlightenment, which means uh, democracy, is to push push people, push children, and to educate them in a sense of moving them to this, to this reasonable level. So, like, you don't, really see, you don't really see reason dominate the world. I mean, I wish that it did. But I think that, that mythical, uh, magical, you know... Um, that world, you kind of dominate the world
0: at this point. Yeah, totally. And I mean, but then there's also the mathematical way of thinking. I mean, could also it, it, see that's the other thing. There's kind of there's there math is basically it, it's only limited to to how you can apply it to something. You know, like like there's still a few areas. You know, where basically I I um I went to school for music therapy for for my yeah. masters. And, um, and so, you know, I, I kind of relate with your whole, you know, the, the, the kids that you have, you know, that, the, cause I dealt a lot with, um, the, uh, you know, um, uh, a, a lot of mental disorders and, and, and situations like that. And, um, I, uh, I, um, trying to remember what I was talking about. And so, and so it was qualitative versus quantitative, you know, that was the big deal because how can you quantitatively? describe why music therapy would help a, uh, a child but yet qualitatively it's obvious and that that's really oh, was yeah. th- that really was the goal and and the best research that we have have quantitatively is basically on the brain nowadays like these these you know things that basically are starting to prove like music's function it's starting to prove like basically they found out that music isn't even like it's music is a part of a brain of its own you know. Music is, is like, there's actually a way to like, you could have total, you could have, they call it a musia where you could have total belief or I mean, total, um, ability to like listen to, uh, sounds. You have total ability to listen to language, but yet you just can't get the music part, you know? And, and, and so they, they actually, they actually found, they found the part of, bra- they found the part of the brain for that. You know, they, there is a specific part of the brain that is for music, and and it and it has a very unique trigger to a person. It's 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 and so the, it leads them to think that music has a much more important role in in people than you think.
1: Yeah, I I, I, uh, I like that. That's uh, that's interesting. It it brings up uh, something I was going to say earlier, and uh, it, so anyway, like what I'm saying is that the the it, they. So they hook up the EEG machine to your brain and they, and they find out areas that light up when, you know, the music... They put a guy in the, in the functional MRI. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he's playing jazz on the piano they're trying to figure out where the flow state is coming from yep. in his brain so that they, you know, so that they can, uh, you know, in the future maybe... You'll get a pill and you'll take a pill and you'll be in the flow state. Or you get a pill... You know, you'll get a pill that will activate. If you, you won't, you won't have it totally developed because you won't be proficient. But you'll get the the initial area of your brain will light up. That area of your brain will light up that is able to do uh, the flow state. So no matter what you're applying it to, it will. You know, you'll have more um, correlations. That, that thing with um yeah, with, uh, with, there's some technology out there that will you train the brain using binaural beats. Uh-huh. and uh, various other forms of training that they have. So what they do is they, they take two beats, two pulses, and these correspond to different waking, dreaming, deep sleep uh, states of the, of the brain. And so what they do is they put in one ear one beat and they put the other beat in your right ear and your left ear they have another beat. Interesting. And they play them just enough off at a certain frequency so that what your brain does is make up the difference. It huh. makes up the difference like that. So your brain is being trained to do different brain states like alpha, theta, um beta. Basically we're in a beta state, you know. Okay. And then they they've they, they have like four or five brain states. They have uh you yep. know uh a, a consciousness,
0: alpha. B consciousness.
1: Yeah. They have alpha which is a meditative state. Yep. Um, then they have they have um Delta, which is like a deep dreamless sleep state. Okay. And then they have Theta, which is a deeper meditative state. And then they have uh, uh, Epsilon, which is the lowest the brain goes. So that's like advanced meditators experience
0: Epsilon. I've heard about that. Um, you know, and I also heard that in Delta, the Delta state is actually the state that you, ironically, the state that you sleepwalk. It's actually, you, you would think it was the state where you were dreaming, but it's actually the Delta state where you're in deep sleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so training the brain, and training the brain in these states is, um, is like a, um, what they would call exogenous. So it's coming from the outside. When you take uh, when you take a psychedelic substance that's exogenous, it happens outside, goes into the body, it rewires your brain. So it it, it uh, these things are are outside, but there's, then there's meditative modes which are more endogenous which is you are meditating, you are um uh, your uh, they, they come with the package.
0: So it's like like from the in and
1: like, out. Yeah, from the inside out. So I think it's good to have both. I think it's good to do to um to let the world influence you, but at the same time, you need to take whatever. And that's the creative person really taking whatever's around yeah. and bringing outside of them. That's like the the beauty of artwork, really creativity. You
0: yeah, know, you can think man of that, it's like uh, it's it's like a it's like a way to interpret the inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the best part does that, you know, like you. Listen to uh, a
1: piece by. Oh, who's your favorite composer?
0: Uh, a composer, or like a like a band or artist? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, I like uh, I, I like Sigar Se- Ross. You know that that band?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you listen to that. So that you listen to that
2: band. Yeah. Um,
1: and they get into these amba- these amazing swells emotionally. Yeah. So like all of a sudden, it's like this. Um, so anyway, that's that's coming from the outside from their inside to the outside to you. And it affects your inside. And that's the beauty of artwork that people discount and they just think it's very very heartland, you know, uh, just you know, waste of time land. You know, why don't you do something scientific and worthwhile? No, I'm sorry. Music and art have a, a important role and that is from the inside from the inside of one being or other Four, four guys get up there and play instruments, right? So yeah. from in them comes through their instruments into you. Into you. You know, you're hearing it. It goes into your system. Yeah. No one can see you hear something. They can look at you with your eyes shut. Well, and suggest well, that guy is listening to something. But really, it's coming into their being. You
0: know, that's that's a, that's the beauty of artwork. Yeah, know, I, I, of that. I I agree. <laughs> I agree. And 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 so I mean, yeah, and and that's almost the way that drugs kind of have their role. It's like, you know, it it, it they're they're um it, it supplements to that process.
1: Yeah, I think that the, the uh, artists are always experimenting, and, and uh, or even just people. we'll to say, person. Is, is interested in changing their their current state of consciousness, something other than what they normally experience day to
0: day. You know, whether that be through music, drugs, you know, alcohol, or whatever, or or, or, or meditation. True. Yeah, and and um, uh, the other thing, I, I don't know if you ever did this, but I found when when I was in my biggest. Uh, Uh, most creative um times i would always find the inspiration at night before i was going to sleep like there's there's a sleepy part of you that 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 i think maybe it lets down your guard a little bit and and i think it opens you to that place too yeah
1: i agree with you and that's like that uh
0: That the
1: the team state, you know, the... um, Yeah, it's like a... The the, the, the hypnagogic state, a lot of times I solve problems there, you know, that have been happening, you know, like, or get in tremendous amounts of insight. uh, Yeah. This situation that happened with this kid, and my, you know, my brain is, is showing me the situation over and over and over and over and over again, and I'm kind of like partially awake to it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom. All of a sudden, boom
2: it will show me a solution yeah.
1: that I can apply, that I can apply. And I think that happens. That's why, um, that's why uh, Albert Austin, when he accidentally took the LSD, he, uh, you know, the legend has it. He was riding a bike, right? And then all things will melt it.
0: I haven't heard that story.
1: More of, a, more of a myth than an actual fact. But anyway, when he had that experience, uh, when, what that particular molecule does is, um, activate dormant areas of brain. So when, so when people have an ex, they experiment with something like that, their brain will activate pathways that either are old pathways, you'll remember things, you'll get tremendous amount of, uh, information, and, uh, and activate pathways that are never active. You know, and so like you're you know, essentially, um, performing a, a kind of opening to your brain. I think that that's why so many creative people want to be high or to be out of themselves. They get out of their heads, you see what I'm saying, they get a little bit wacky. Yeah. And then they come up with these they come up with like for example the Beatles. Like when they when they went um, to the Maharishi and they came back, all of them were changed. No? yeah it was like they, they were into that uh the Hindu
0: consciousness and it's so obvious it's like it's like bringing it's like change I mean it, it's kind of literally was with the Beatles just because of the time but it's like changing from black and white to color you know
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I like that part Alice, Alice in Alice Wonderland you know we're uh or not Alice in Wonderland the Wizard of Oz you know we're uh Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um. Oh yeah. That that that's cool. I mean. I. And then the other thing is like. What. What is. What's going on in our brains that we just can't do that in our conscious world. And yet. Yet. There's also this. This element that we are so driven to be in our conscious world. In. In the society. You know. We're so driven to be conscious and just be so aware of everything. And. And. Um and and yet during that state of mind you're very bad at at creating new things you know yeah yeah i mean it, it's it's like you said you could you could have something in your mind going over and over and over again but, and it's not until you right before you go to bed or something like that where you're in that different consciousness where you can finally let down something which then all of a sudden the answer is revealed
1: yeah, that's, that's, I think that's, uh, what I like to say is that it's because the, the creative person says no, you know, in favor of yes. So like, you know, there, maybe there's a social engagement where something, you know, come up where they have to go and do something. Sometimes they will in favor of this, this particular experience like you talked about. Which is all of a sudden an influx of of an answer, a creative solution, a mind a brainstorm. Yeah, they will. They will. They have to trust that more and more, and it's like flexing a muscle that that they 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 are in preference of. People find that irritating, you know, and and it's hard to be around a creative person because they're so uh, they seem so maybe uh,
0: disconnected. Yes. But,
1: you, know, if you know, if you really yell a creative person, then you'll know that they have the sensitivity to this particular aspect of their being. That you have to, if you're going to be with that person, you have to allow that person to do that.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: allow that because otherwise, they're, otherwise, they're, their whole reason for being kind of is <laughs> rendered useless. You know? yeah. It's like they have to. You know? No, I'm sorry, I can't go and do this thing. I have to be creative, or I have to find out the answer. You know, it's like this um, frenetic edge. You know, it, it, maybe it's not so frenetic.
0: But I actually, I was talking to Dan about video games, and um, and I t- I told him the experience of someone that's not into video games watching people play video games, how it's like, it feels like you're watching people like zombies. You feel like, whereas these people that are playing video games are like experiencing a euphoria of 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 uh, entertainment and and experience, you know and if you ever like were the person that wasn't playing the video game watching someone play video games you're just watching just someone stare at a computer screen for hours you know and maybe just a little you know some 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 uh laborious clicking of, of buttons but i mean just just to watch you know the difference in experience and 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 i think it's a similar thing you know one of those people that's too much into that day-to-day world or, or like or like are so much into reality that they you know they see someone that's not working because basically when you're in reality you want to get things done, you know, the get things done, get things done mode. And when when you're in that mode and you see people just just kind of fucking around all day, it is frustrating, you know. Right, and and and, and, and like so, the,
1: the creative person at some point recognizes the fact, the simple fact that they have their own world. And it's like it's like um, and sometimes it's a bone crushing thing, you know, like. And maybe they resort to a substance to try to escape from that feeling. But like, I think it can be a good thing, you know, like you you realize the fact that there is something illusory about the creative experience. And yet, and yet it comes through you and out into the real world. And so like the clarity of that conduit, you know, where you're putting it out there in your music and your art form, in your acting, like all the great actors seem to be a conduit yeah. for this other soul, for this other soul that they're adopting at the time, you know,
0: or, or, Yeah, uh, and and all, all the those
1: mathematicians have that thing. Go ahead. Dan.
0: And all those same people that have like the that um, uh, kind of annoyance with with people that are in that that place, you know that that don't they don't get it or or they they don't have much much um, uh, much time. Um, uh, what do you call it they, they don't have much acceptance for it or whatever or the tolerance they don't have much tolerance for it they they are also the same people that every day have experiences that they would never have like the music they love or, or the art they love or, or or something that has in some way been created by someone that had to have been tapping into that 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 part of life that part that you have to be in sometimes you just have to not be working and and when you're not working that's when you make advances so that 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 supersedes so much like like that could make it so that you you don't you you know you you could be working your ass off your whole life but yet you could be spending you could spend a week away from it all and you might be able to figure out something that makes it so you have to work less the rest of your life you know what i mean
1: yeah, and, and and that's like and that, you know the world of, of um, obligations and uh, you know people that like paperwork and uh, you know so the creative a creative person realizes that they have an exclusive um, access. They have exclusive access to the source that just brings new th- novelty, new things into their being. Yeah. But, I think that what we need to do more is make, even though it's exclusive, is to make sure that we invite people into that for a time, you know, and like,
0: it's like it's not it,
1: for them, but at the same time, it's what's coming through us, you know? And so uh, having, having, like, I think that's what these podcasts are doing, is they're, they're like these little windows into world ways of being um, that people can adopt if they want.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and 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 someone might say, "What are you doing? Just talking into a thing, you know? Get to work, you know." But really, this might be enriching our lives, so, so that the rest of our lives are better, you know. And and it's also kind of the breathing. Uh, uh, my wife constantly talks about. Um, she 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 went to a Waldorf school, and and the Rudolf Steiner. He he really he was the creator of the Waldorf school, and he 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 was he was um he was a pretty cool guy, you know. He he uh he was tapped into something, and and there's it's all about breathing in and out you need both you need the reality you need the creativity and uh, and like like I was saying to, to my wife's or my sister Sarah was that creativity is an asset you if you do not have creativity in your you know in your skill set you are it's almost like you're half half as good as you know, an employee, or half as good of an innovator, or whatever. You need that 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 breathing. I mean, you need both of it. I mean, you're you, you will die if you don't take care of your needs. If you don't work, if you don't make money, but you also need that creative aspect to make to to uh, to basically be be as good as you can be to be to seek your potential. You need it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like, and even in in comedy, like we have we have great comedians. Now, I mean, like even an older comedian uh, like Chris Farley, who passed, you know, he passed early because
0: yeah. you know, of because of that that bone crushing. But he's making people feel so good, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So
1: he wants to feel he wants to feel that good, uh huh. Right? And so you're you're this amazing artist where you can make these laughs happen.
0: Chris Farley, and, uh, Chris Farley needed a Chris Farley. You, you,
1: yeah. The world needed a Chris Farley, and, and like, or like, you know, now we have like a Louis T.K. I think I brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he, he's good. Like the, comedian, the comedian makes something makes something that's awful, or like routine, or mundane, okay. They, going to see the comedian is like seeing the fool, the, the cosmic fool. Yeah. You know, the one who transmutes, who takes, like a ruffle still takes the straw. Uh, of experience and this it in this gold humor. It's honeydew that just like makes everybody feel so good. Go, you go to a comedian uh, to have that experience of your craft being turned into something good. You want to feel okay. I think the comedian is the modern day shaman. Sure. The, you go to you go to um, a really funny like we hang out with people that are fun to be around. What they're doing is they're taking your your everyday shit and making it hot and
0: making it okay and making it okay to live with you know they make life worth living yeah yeah totally i mean it it's it's all i mean with with the good good comedic artists it's all about finding a way to talk about a subject that nobody would ever think is funny and then making it funny you know like 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 and then it's timing you know we need the morning time but we need those comedians whenever whenever it's appropriate to to give us that that Ability to laugh, which is in a sense yeah. an ability to move on, an ability to ex- of of acceptance, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Um, dude, uh, I got. I I should I should reel this one in because I I I went about two and a half hours with Dan, and I and I I could sell. You know, I I don't want to to take too much advantage and take it too long, but I think you've been enjoying yourself, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I have nowhere to go. But like, if you want to, if you want to wrap up, you can. If you don't, you don't
0: have to. Well, i I do kind of have, I do kind of have things going on. But i i want I want to get to our game. Um, the uh, the game is uh, um, uh, the the mind game. I'm calling it mind game now. Thou- oh, okay, right. I yeah, thought that I was an a, appropriate name for it. It's kind of a play in words, playing those mind oh. games. So uh so are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Um the word is um jawbreaker. Okay.
1: stop okay so
0: i, I uh, ended up at a mickey mouse watch <laughs> <laughs> nice I, I wanted to make sure that that laugh reverberated uh okay so you went from jawbreaker to mickey mouse watch how did you get there
1: yeah all right well i uh i started with Baker reminded me of that movie with those bitchy girls in it. Uh, and then I, um, for some reason, was reminded of a time when I was a kid and went to the ice cream truck, and I think maybe they had Drawbreakers picture on um, the, the ice cream man truck. And then I remember at that time, um, I was in maybe second grade, and I was at a desk, you know, those old wooden desks with the people that would carve so and so like so and so on the desk. Anyway, there was a desk like that, and I had a Mickey Mouse watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. It, it, it just—it's—it's it's so funny because it, it reveals um, parts of our life, and probably parts of our life that we'd never think about telling anyone. It just—it just comes up. It, our brain does that to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I got I got places to go, but I, I mean, I I would love to talk for more. But I I think we should um um you know uh, do this again. I think I think I'm definitely gonna be rotating through all, all everybody you know as as things go along. Um, but I mean, man, we went some some great places, man. Yeah, we
1: covered a lot of territory. I'm more than happy to do another one sometime. So that'd be great.
0: Yeah, now, um, I got to make you, well, never never mind, I I had this idea, you know how I have my echo effect? You have your what? That echo effect. Oh,
1: the echo
0: effect, yeah. Yeah, I got to capture you laughing and then put the echo effect on, (laughs) because that would be, that would be unstoppable. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think I got got something that I think will make you laugh. Okay, so, um, you know how you said you got your laugh from your mom's side? Right. Yes. Sir. Yeah. Right. And then you said you have a twin. Yes. Yes. And it's it's so weird because your twin is like identical, right?
1: Yeah, we have. Well, yeah, we, uh, he's uh, he's genetically apparently he's genetically identical to me. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and so like it's funny because what uh, what's also genetically identical is your laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like I hear one of you guys laugh, and then I hear the other one. And it's just, its almost too much, you know.
1: <laughs> that, that's funny. It's exactly, man. Yeah. That's why uh, I think God decided to make two.
0: <laughs> yeah. I got it! I got it! I captured it. All right.
1: You got it. <laughs> I'm so happy, Joel. We got—we got my machine gun laugh.
0: An echo machine. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I can't. It's, it's like I was capturing the ghost in like, uh, in Ghostbusters or whatever. I had to get it just at the right time. <laughs> I, I, whatever. I your stream. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a pleasure, Scott, and, and um, I'm gonna hang yeah. up now. So, uh, give me, give me a good sign off.
1: I'll say, hey, fighting the flow with Joel. What a great time. lots of love, man.
0: Love you talk to you soon all right that was awesome and I think I think it was good i i sometimes I think you know I could I could have probably talked to him for another two hours you know and there's a part of me you know that that's trying to figure this out where where's my limit? So we went we went about an hour and a half you know where where is your limits i mean when, when does this get to the point where where you know it, it's it's something for the world and it's something for just just me and what does it really matter i don't know maybe i shouldn't even be thinking about this at all but i loved it we had a great conversation we're gonna do it again i felt positive it's awesome uh so it is time to leave this world. This world that I've created. Finding the flow. Finding the flow with Joe. See you later. Have a good day. Hopefully you're in a different place than you were before. Amen.